Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Joe McAdam was recorded on Friday, June 24th, and we talk all about Joe's article, Comedy Needs to Rip Off Shutter, available on riylmag.com. I recommend if you like. Thank you so much for listening to this show. We've been doing it for a very long time. We have a Patreon account. If you have the funds, please consider us. You can find that in our podcast description. Joe has been on this show many, many times. I'm a huge fan of his work, and I'm glad he takes the time to talk to us. Here's Joe. You and I have been talking about this idea that you've had for months, and I'm so glad that you finally did it. It's that comedy deserves a shudder, and it's something that I've never thought of, and then as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And you make it relatively clear in the article, you're not talking about CISO 2.0. Yeah, it's. I think that the... the if, if you're aware of CISO, your brain will say CISO. Yeah. The brain wants to say CISO. <laughs> um, but if you're aware of CISO, it's like, yeah, it's a, a colossal failure. It lasted less than two years. Uh, nobody really subscribed, um, even though it had its very strong points to it. Now, why do you think... We're essentially going to talk through your article. Why does comedy need a CISO? Or, sorry, why does comedy need a shutter? We, I... I it started very selfishly. I do comedy, and I would want a designated place for it to go. I think it's it's kind of um, like every streaming service has like maybe two, three really, really good comedy things. And for a comedy fan, you'd, you'd have to have like every single streaming platform to watch it all. It's just like figure out a way, get this together, because it's on the, on the streaming services, it is the kind of redheaded stepchild of their output and they bury it. You can't find it. You have to know what you're looking for, be an obsessive fan anyway, search the thing. They never front page this stuff. So just a way to actually get this in front of people and give it an, an outlet for people to watch it instead of it being completely ignored. I think my favorite aspect of it and the reason why it clicked to me was the channels idea. And Shudder yes. does this. And HBO doesn't do this. I don't, I mean, HBO exists as a channel, but HBO Max does not do this. Netflix doesn't do it. Hulu doesn't do it. I don't think any of them other than Shudder do this. Um, yeah, I think you can, I think maybe I think Peacock, you can. Tubi has some, yeah, there's, there's some like a smaller streaming things that have options like that, but Shudder front and center, you open the app and it has a movie playing in the middle of the movie and then you can switch channels. They have three of them active at all times. And how, like, I, I think that's a huge part of all this stuff is that, I got into everything I'm into because I saw it on accident Mm -hmm. and that's a, just a, a way that doesn't exist for comedy anymore. Can it go back? Yeah. I I, honestly, if I think if there is a, a, like a streaming platform that did do something like this, I, again, I said it in the article, but I think it's probably never going to can it. Yeah. But I don't think anybody, has the like financial motivation to make it happen. I don't even think okay, so I don't think this is a finance thing. I just think it's a it's a build out thing because all you really need to do is have one person do a live stream. And I don't know if you remember this, but remember Winamp? Yeah. There used to be like bootleg Winamp channels of like here's twenty four hours of Beavis and Butthead, here's twenty four hours of Family Guy, etc. Mm-hmm. This existed on Winamp illegally. So why can't it exist legally with like 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 you have in the article like one movie, one animated thing, one clips of like sketch shows like Kids in the Hall or SNL or whatever. You know what I mean? 
I, I would imagine just because it's really expensive. I mean, like, I, I guess if, if you already have the stuff, build the, the structure for it. But again, it's like, I don't think people give a shit. <laughs> no, of course, they don't give a shit. But I think you can make them give a shit is what I'm saying. I mean, it would be nice. I, I think that's a very hopeful. I, I would love it. I don't I wouldn't bet on it, but I like that. <laughs> I think the only thing that's not going to happen is Comedy Central. Your idea for this is to call it Comedy Central, and I agree. That's the perfect, that's the central place to get comedy. It makes that, sense. It does make sense. That's not going to happen. And, even but, yeah. Good. Oh, no, that's that's the part that's the absolute most um, unrealistic, uh, never going to happen part. But when I think, like, part of my brain is like, all right, they're an existing brand name. They've kind of been diminished in the last, like, however many years because... You, if you, I don't, I don't have cable, but I, I think if you just turn on Comedy Central, it's mostly reruns, or like ridiculousness or something like Office reruns or mm-hmm. something like that. So it's like you're kind of squandering this brand name. It's owned by a larger parent company in Viacom who has tons of money. Just destroy the cable channel and turn it into an app. I don't. It's not impossible. No, all. it's not. Okay, the community aspect is a little bit where. I'm a little lost about how you would do this. You bring up that Shutter has the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, and that's not necessarily original programming. It's original programming, but like the idea existed on regular cable 30 years prior. You know, yeah. so this so you bring in a vet. Who's the comedy equivalent? I know Joe Bob Briggs is technically comedy, but who's the comedy nerd equivalent of doing this? Like Scott Aukerman? Um, I don't know. I, I that's the part that I, I really I've tried to think about, and I don't really know who fits the bill um, because it would have to be somebody that I think isn't a comedian themselves, or isn't like a like trying to get their own thing made. Like they're not trying to be a stand up or sell TV shows mm-hmm. or something. I think it has to be somebody that they are more in the critic. Or like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like it, it's, it has to be from a slightly different world than just a comedian, I think. My instant thoughts on this obviously doesn't work is Marin because obviously he's got a thousand plus episodes now of talking to comics and stuff like that. So he'd be a good version of a Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, I think, uh, yeah, he's knowledgeable. He has access. Yeah. But a little bit too angry and... <laughs> Which is, you know, maybe that's part of it. I I think that because you can't just replicate it one to one from what Joe Bob Briggs does, because um, I feel like inherently in comedy, it's it's more um, critical. I think you're you're willing to say shit sucks way more often in comedy than you are in horror. And then the other one I instantly go to is a real bad idea, obviously, is Chris Hardwick, because that's kind of what Nerdist was for the first pre sexual assault years. Right. And it's, it's a like, yeah, it's, it's, there is like, you want to find just the right person. And then if you have someone that's close and it just is like, ah, oh, wait, no, no, not you though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, wait. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what the, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's kind of one of those things where if, if it were to exist, if it were to happen, I think the way to do it is um, in the, in the way that like they, they hired Conan O'Brien to take over the, uh, mm-hmm the late show or late night and just it's something that you don't really know, something that you're not thinking of someone that's a little bit of a surprise uh, who doesn't necessarily have the credentials you expect them to have. Well, here's the thing. The community part is my biggest hang up other than the comedy central of it all is because 
You mentioned Fangoria and horror conventions. What is the comedy equivalent of Fangoria and horror conventions? It doesn't exist, I don't think. I don't think there's anything. I think that the problem is is that I, I just had this thought after I gave you the article, and I was watching that episode of the uh, Joe Bob Briggs' Last Drive-In with that feature, or the, the movie they're showing is um, uh, One Cut of the Dead. You'd sent me a clip from that where Joe Bob talks about like, you know, building your own infrastructure and making your own art and all that. Watch that episode, everybody that's listening. It's great. And then, but, but what it made me realize is that horror has always known that they were uh, second class citizens in the world of movies. He talks about, Joe Bob talks about like exploitation films uh, having to exist because Hollywood wouldn't make them. And so that led to just being like, all right, we're going to do shocking things, upsetting and violent things, whatever, gory things. And, comedy has existed in the like the big kids club forever and now it's kind of not I, I think that it has been pushed out there's no like hard comedy uh, TV shows that are mainstream right now like if you look back at like even 10 years ago or whatever it's like must see TV NBC Thursday night comedy lineup and it's like legit hard comedy shows and that doesn't really quite exist how it used to I don't know I mean Superstore doesn't qualify I don't, I'm not sure. I've not seen it, but also I think that it's just because it's network. I I don't think a lot of people are watching network. Um, and then there's not like studio movies in the way it's that they're not the the like large dump of films directed towards people exactly our demographic that was like the Apatow years. Like that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and I I know I realize that a lot of that is part of me is like, oh, I'm I'm aging out of a. a marketable demographic no one's like trying to get me no i don't think it's that i just like just think about the amount of superhero movies versus like comedies like it's that simple yeah exactly i i i don't think that's yeah that's certainly a a large part of it as well and i think that um that comedy kind of still thinks that it's in the club and it's not in the club um i don't know man i think it is still is in the club because like the mark twain award exists and it's still and the still biggest controversies at netflix are still Chappelle specials and the highest grossing podcaster is technically a comedy. I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that everything that you've mentioned isn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that that's everything fair. you've said that's, isn't funny. <laughs> that's completely fair. But that's still the club, man. The club just sucks. Yeah. So, all right. So the, I guess what I'm saying is, is that there should be an alternative to whatever that is. There was that. Isn't that Mr. Show? Isn't that? Comedy Bang Bang isn't that the current equivalent of whatever that is? Isn't that I think you should leave? Yeah, I guess there's like there's always going to be and you know all those things that you mentioned are the the more I learn about um, show business, the more I learn those are like miracles. <laughs> uh, those are complete flukes and they're miracles, and I love them, um, and I'm glad they somehow broke through. But it is the exception and not uh, you know it, it's not common at all. Um, but that's, so I think anything, enough people like is, that to like package. I completely together. agree. Yeah. I completely agree. That could be, those could be the anchor babies of the channel. And then there you we get, go. Yeah. <laughs> and you get your like really boring IP that actually keeps subscribers, your Seinfelds, your offices, your friends, your full houses. Then that's, your that's how you get the money. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I think the, that structurally, I think that totally works is that, yeah, you have your, your heavy hitters that are that people know, and then you have you introduce new stuff to people as they watch that. 
I wonder if we're just too old and that sure. this already exists because YouTube exists and people make their own playlists and TikTok exists. So like the kids have that and it's the discovery of it all that I'm thinking maybe we're hung up on an old form of discovery. I, I, that's definitely part of it. I also think that like, just because like a YouTube channel or the, you can make your own YouTube playlist or whatever. It's like, that's, it's, it's not the same in the way you watch it for one, but it's not the same in the fact that like you can't um, like financially support someone through that in the same way. It's not like you are YouTube is, is hiring comics you like to make sure. content. It, it, you're not, you're not having the, like the farm league essentially of comedy. And you're saying shutter is doing that. Shutter is yeah. giving these creators a way to make a living. Yeah, exactly. I think they, they have enough original programming now that they're kind of they're churning out a lot of really cool stuff and they're building a like a you know, a minor leagues of horror while they are letting you experience all the old stuff too and it's it's working. Or is it just comedy is harder to make and actually be good? That's yeah, that's a real like big part of it. That it kind of I can't think of consider. one <laughs> I know yeah, so it's hard. Many... It's really hard. Most everyone I've ever met that wanted to make horror films or did make horror films also wanted to do comedy and they couldn't. So they did horror. Well, they're they're or they thought they were very funny and they were just very nice people. Yeah, exactly. I think there's they're um, comparable genres in the way that uh, like structurally they have their own formulas, you know. Um, and I also think that. I don't know. I I. I to be pretty critical, I, most of the time, if something is a comedy horror or a horror comedy or whatever, it usually does both of them uh, a disservice. I feel like because it. So you're it, saying like a Shaun of the Dead is the exception, not the rule. Oh, big time! Yeah, I think there's a there's a million pretenders to to Shaun of the Dead, and that's one of those where you're like, oh, it's you managed to make an actual like, you know, good funny movie that that works as a horror movie. It's that's in the same genre to me as like. Um, Oh, uh, uh, Black Dynamite. You ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's, it's a perfect homage while being extremely funny. It's done with like the most amount of precise care of, of the details of the genre, things like that. Um, and that's like, you can only do one of those, <laughs> I feel like, because if you do it again, it's like, well, I already saw that. Um, and so it's, a, it, you can't just keep, I don't know. It's, it's a hard thing to make. That's for sure. And I don't, I don't think it's very regularly made that well, or at least in a way that I like. Why are you thinking about this? Oh, I, I have to. That's all I have. <laughs> I don't disagree. I feel very similar. But why do you think there's that problem? I think it's a problem. I think we have a problem. Why do you... The, the ways of distribution should not matter, but they really bother me. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's because um, they're really being consolidated um, in a way that... It, it, it's like we had... When cable was like this crazy big boom of access to things. And then we still have the things, but the access points are being more limited now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's uh, the wrong way to think about it. I don't, it's, it's all, there's so many variables. It's really hard to keep track of, but I know that I can't stop thinking about it because I regularly think about like, Oh, should I just make a horror movie instead of doing comedy? Like, should Probably. I, because there's, there's great people in that community that would be supportive I could have people watch it instead of begging people to show up places. You know what I mean? Like it's a, Oh yeah. It's, it's a way better 
community you know, of which, people. How was your How was your last butt show? It was a lot of fun. It's great, but it's also like that. The room we did it in is seats like two hundred, mm-hmm. and uh, it, also at the same time that was like a holiday weekend. And the big, like, honest to God, I really think the biggest factor of like why there wasn't a full house crowd is like Steely Dan, same night, Steely Dan. And everybody that likes, I really do think that if you like butt, you probably already like Steely Dan. I'm definitely like the very small sliver that's not part of that Venn diagram. Yeah. It's, you're a rare, you're a rare bird. It's a, it's most, I'm I'm, I'm a superior fan. (laughs) You would have been there. (laughs) No, I wouldn't have. Uh, It's weird going from anywhere that's not New York or LA and hearing people like who opened your show? Didn't Eddie Pepitone open that one? Yeah. I'm and like, okay, let's say I've never visited New York or LA, right? And I see that, oh, you're doing a show with Eddie Pepitone. Of course that's gonna be a sold it's only two hundred seats. People are gonna be wanting to be there. It's gonna be and then you get older and you're like, Oh no, nothing matters. It's well, all it's bullshit. yeah. I mean, everybody in LA has access to uh, everything they've ev- ever wanted. All everything. The time. Yeah, exactly. And it makes them very, uh, a very spoiled audience. You know, how, how many like concerts have I been to where it's just nobody moves or yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, Oh, this, what a, what a, what a crowd, huh? Uh, it's uh, people are spoiled or, or they, they have so much access and um, I don't know. I, I, I don't go to every single Eddie Pepitone set, even though he's my favorite comedian. I don't know. Yeah. Like, exactly. I get spoiled because I get to, you know, email him and say, can you do our show? Yeah. And then I get, to, you know, that's that's nice. This kind of relates to the Shudder comedy version idea and the horror version idea, right? Uh, I don't think you are spoiled if you're a horror fan because uh, there's not like an Army of Darkness party a release show every, I don't know, four to five nights a week in LA. It's once every ever. That's it. You know what I mean? So it, it all leads up to the one thing where in order to be good at comedy, you can't do it once and just call it. It's the, it's the reps and the reps need to be in public, which makes it almost impossible to have a community of people that aren't fucking insane. Oh yeah. No, I've, I've, um, yeah, that is, that's a thought that has gone through my head and it's also like, a thought that I think when I remember why I don't really do stand up anymore, <laughs> yeah. it's that, that it's, you have to sacrifice uh, your whole life to be pretty good at it. And then you get no reward. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, no, I, that's a terrible agreement and I'm not doing it. Absolutely but, not. <laughs> but hold on. But you're, you do have a community. You do have a ton of friends you do have a life that feels like you're actually living, not just like waking up and going to a nine to five and hating it. You feel, even though there's all that bullshit surrounding it, you probably felt more alive than you ever did. Maybe doing stand up. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it it, it depends. Not just I mean, stand up, but like doing comedy in general. Yeah, I mean, I like doing it. I and I the way that I've I've restructured the way that I do it is that I don't have to be out, you know, six nights a week minimum to get better at it. I went through the, that all of my twenties doing that. And, uh, I, I don't have that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. And I also don't, I don't think people are looking for what I make anyway, when they think of stand up comedy, they want to, they want to, you know, here's a guy with big opinions, not a guy who has a joke about like, you know, dogs or fucking what, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't, I go the other way with what I want to talk about. And 
people want like Dave Chappelle to like tell them how to think or something. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're not a modern day philosopher. I no, I'm, I am a modern day philosopher. Absolutely. I can't believe you would say that. <laughs> Thank you for writing this piece. I'm really glad it exists. Oh, well, thanks for the opportunity. I, I, I would do it again. And in in, I feel like I'm evolving opinions on it ever since I've even sent it to you. So really? Oh yeah. No, I, I, I really, I, I think that I sent it to you just because I had to send something to you at some yeah. point and I could have just written this for the next 100 years. I completely understand how that feels. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, is there one thing you, as soon as you sent it being like, ah, shit, I wish I had this in it. Um, well, the, the biggest thing where it's like, I think I could have written, or I could even in the future, write a whole other piece about it, which is why the horror community also works better is, um, production companies like Blumhouse, where they have a, a very sustainable model in place that, where they want to find new people where the, you know, essentially being, Hey, we make a lot of pretty cheap things, uh, and we know how to make our money back on all of them. And some of them will strike gold. And we don't do that in comedy at all. You can't say Netflix is that? No. Because even if you strike gold on Netflix, there's no like box office returns that you get to look at and point to. And I don't know. You could say that this special took off. Therefore, now I'm able to sell out this size room. Yeah, I guess. But I, I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of straight up movies. Com- oh, comedy see, movies I, I being like, if you if you do, there's no like, okay, here's a five million dollar comedy movie studio that just doesn't exist. I'm kind of surprised that it doesn't exist, but it's not worth it for the bigger companies. That's what I'm saying about comedy being like relegated to the you know a niche market now, where it's like they're not going to make your comedy movie for under like X amount of dollars, and it's usually like fifteen, twenty. I don't know. Is there a comedy version of Tarantino or Paul Thomas Anderson? Um, you know, who's making the, it's not movies, but I think this is who has the, the, the strongest identity. And it's something that I watch and like is um, rough house, uh, Danny McBride and Jody Hill and David okay. Gordon Green. Okay. So maybe that's, that's the, uh, that's the answer is just, expand that i mean they have the hbo stuff i love righteous gemstones i love almost everything they do yeah it's great yeah that's it so i I want i want more of that i mean i i think if but the thing is is like what makes a lot of those things work and what makes comedy work in a lot of times is like it's a closed room of three people and they have a united identity about what they want to make and tv mostly works in this in the way of like we have a writer's room of 20 that we turn over every season and I think that's a different formula and it makes a different product. Is it also people don't, you can't really have good formulaic comedies in the same way you could have good formulaic horror films. Yeah. It's, it's like you said earlier, it's harder to make comedy. I think, I think it's harder to be original and have new ideas and, um, and be more broadly appealing in comedy. Yeah. So maybe you're doomed to th- this will never happen. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, you know um, what's the what's the guy who gets his guts ripped out by a bird every day for stealing the fire of the gods? Uh, Prometheus, that's my guy. Is that that? I don't know if that's a, a proper metaphor for what this is, but it does feel like every day it, it uh, sucks. So there's that part. You are comedy's Prometheus. There we go. <laughs> you, me, them, everybody is produced by me, Brandon Weatherby. We've been doing this since 2008. 
This is year 15. We have a Patreon account. Please consider donating at youmethemeverybody.com and in this podcast description. The most recent year of shows is available in iTunes and Spotify. The first 15 years, all 15 years, all 900 plus episodes are available at youmethemeverybody.com. Follow us on all the social media handles you could think of. It's at sign YMTE. Our art is by Jillian Ron, and our music is by Daniel Knox. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping, friends and family. I'll be keeping.